It's Tuesday, April 2nd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're talking about Facebook and how it's trying to stop another slew of fake news from spreading, this time ahead of the elections in India. We'll look at how CEO Mark Zuckerberg is saying lawmakers can help. Then, Congress can't agree on disaster relief funding for Puerto Rico, and the president is weighing in. We'll break it down for you. And finally, it's April 2nd, and it's Equal Pay Day. Not exactly a celebration, but we've got a good story about how to fight for what you're worth. We're here to make your Tuesday smarter. Let's skim this. Support for today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, the easiest way to get matched with quality candidates for your team. The most complicated story today has to do with Facebook. Yesterday, Facebook took down hundreds of pages, accounts, and Instagram accounts in India and Pakistan for what the company calls inauthentic behavior. Basically, fake news. You've heard the term used to discredit newspapers and media outlets. Fake news. The fake news. The growing amount of fake news. It's just fake news. Your fake news. But fake news was actually a thing long before then. The real fake news is when people spread outright lies on the internet or misrepresent themselves and spread divisive information to try to get people riled up. We saw this happen when Russia and Russian trolls used social media like Facebook and Twitter to try to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. That was almost three years ago. Now other countries are worried that the same thing might be happening to them. In less than two weeks, India is about to hold the biggest election in the world. Up to 879 million people are expected to vote. The Facebook pages that were removed were linked to Pakistan's military or were super partisan and tied to India's two main political parties. So the big question is, why is it so hard to combat misinformation spread online? And what are companies like Facebook and countries doing to solve the problem? So Facebook. Their move yesterday is pretty in line with their new strategy tracking down and removing pages from people using fake accounts, or who are coordinating with each other to spread misinformation, or who are misleading people about who they are and what they're trying to accomplish. Facebook has also hired fact-checkers to look at posts all over the world. In places like India, where over a dozen languages are spoken, it's hard to keep up. And misinformation doesn't always just look like an obviously partisan meme. In India, a lot of people use WhatsApp, And sometimes they use it to spread stories that haven't been verified. That can get dangerous. Last year, a massive mob killed a man after a rumor about him was spread on WhatsApp. Facebook also owns WhatsApp, so they've tried to prevent this with restrictions so people can't forward messages to more than five people at a time. But they can't actually regulate the content of messages. Today, WhatsApp announced that it's providing users in India with a tip line to send messages or pictures they think should be fact-checked. So Facebook is taking steps to limit misinformation, but they haven't fixed the problem. And since there are more than 2.7 billion people that regularly use Facebook services, policing content is a huge job. So what are governments doing? Some countries are thinking about big steps, like Singapore. This week, Singapore announced it's considering a new bill that would require online platforms to publish warnings or corrections on posts the government says had false information. 
It would stop companies from making money off of misinformation by taking away their ability to collect earnings if they post three, quote, falsehoods online. Violators could face huge fines and multiple years in prison if the law passes. But free speech advocates say Singapore already has a really bad rep for restricting free speech and the freedom of the press. But they're not the only country looking at laws like this. France and Germany have already passed laws to combat fake news, although Germany's considering repealing part of it over concern that the law went too far. This is part of why U.S. lawmakers have been hesitant to put something like this on the table. Because, hey, First Amendment, the U.S. can't just regulate speech, even if it's hateful, even if it's not true. But we are starting to see politicians from both sides of the aisle take social media companies to task for not doing enough to fix the fake news problem and for using people's personal info in shady ways. The solution might be a compromise. That's what Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg seems to be calling for. This weekend, Zuckerberg wrote an op-ed in The Washington Post calling for more government oversight over companies like his, especially when it comes to figuring out how to handle harmful content and how to make elections safer. He said platforms need clear-cut rules when it comes to privacy and data portability. This is kind of a big move for Facebook and all big tech companies. They've been open about certain ways they're tackling misinformation, but they haven't been as committed to giving up control. So why does Facebook seem willing to talk about this now? Some progressives, like Democratic presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren, have been calling for the government to break up big tech, Facebook, Amazon, and Google. So this op-ed may be a way to show Facebook wants to help write regulations before Congress beats them to it. And Zuckerberg's on a tour to Europe to make nice there, too. So what's the skim? On a global level, the EU's really taken charge of holding big tech companies accountable. Last year, Facebook was fined in the UK for serious violations of the UK's data protection rules. And the US has been slow to follow suit. Experts say Zuckerberg's announcement that he's open to regulation on his terms could shake things up and make other tech companies angry. But after the Mueller investigation confirmed that Russia was trying to influence the 2016 election, there's going to be more attention than ever on trolls trying to use social media to influence voters with fake news. In an interview in Berlin on Monday, Zuckerberg said Facebook might come back to the idea of posting news on their site. Remember, they scrapped their trending news tab last year after the fake news controversy. But this time, Zuckerberg says the news tab would be for, quote, high-quality journalism, and Facebook would be paying publishers to post there. Fight fake news with real news. When it's time to make a hire for your business, you want to find the best person for the job. Odds are that person is on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly find a group of the most relevant qualified candidates for your role. That way, you can focus on the candidates you want to spend time talking to and make a quality hire you're excited about. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash skim this and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash skim this. Terms and conditions apply. It's been a year and a half since Hurricane Maria slammed Puerto Rico and killed about 3,000 people. The island is still trying to recover and rebuild. And a battle in Congress is bringing that struggle into the spotlight. Two disaster relief funding bills failed in the Senate yesterday. One voted down by Republicans, the other by Democrats. So let's talk about what happened in Congress. A couple months ago, the House passed a huge $14.2 billion disaster relief bill 
for all natural disasters. This was before the Midwest got hit by massive flooding. So when the Senate went to vote on this bill yesterday, Republicans voted against it because it didn't include relief funds for flood-hit states like Iowa and Nebraska. Then, Senate Republicans put forward a bill of their own, $13.5 billion for disaster relief. But that only included $600 million for food aid programs in Puerto Rico, and no money for reconstruction. Democrats said that's not enough and voted against it. Here's Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. From city to countryside, the entire island has been decimated. And yet the administration's response to this catastrophe can be summed up in two words, cruel, nasty. So lawmakers are at an impasse and have to go back to the drawing board. So that's Congress. President Trump also has a lot of thoughts about Puerto Rico. In a whole bunch of tweets, he called Puerto Rico's politicians incompetent and corrupt and said that the island is scheduled to receive more hurricane relief than any other, quote, place in history. This kind of follows what he said last week. Puerto Rico has been taken care of better by Donald Trump than by any living human being. And I think the people of Puerto Rico understand it. Trump said his administration has already given Puerto Rico $91 billion of hurricane relief. But that's not accurate. According to a Washington Post fact check, Puerto Rico has only gotten about $11.2 billion so far, out of a total of $41 billion that's been announced. The rest of President Trump's $91 billion number, that's an estimate of how much it could cost to rebuild Puerto Rico in the future. Officials say that number is subject to change year by year. As for whether that's the most funding, that's not quite true either. 14 years later, the federal government has shelled out $120 billion and counting in response to Hurricane Katrina. Today is Equal Pay Day. That means that, on average, women had to work through today to earn as much as men earned in 2018. Women made 80 cents for every dollar men made on average last year. That's an average of all women from all racial groups. So it's important to note that it's not equal payday for all women. Asian Pacific Islander women on average earn the most. So theirs was back in March. White women won't have theirs for another two weeks. Pretty close. Black women are going to have to wait a lot longer. Their equal payday is in August. And Latina women are not up until the end of November. Almost another full year of work. We asked you to tell us your stories about equal pay, and we'd like to share what one listener told us. She asked us not to use her name. I have been a recruiter for years, and this was always a thing. She says as a recruiter, she would always see men negotiate their salaries. Women would usually just take whatever they were offered. Then when she was up for a new job, she went for it and asked for more. I was scared out of my mind. But I knew that I needed to stand up for myself and ask for what I believed that I deserved and that I was worth. And that's what I did. And the company agreed. No questions asked. Of course, not everyone is in a position to do that. But for her, it was worth it to take the risk. And so I think the lesson here is for women to uh, be courageous and to ask for what we think we deserve. For more of The Skim's Equal Pay Day coverage, check out our social media accounts, at The Skim on Instagram and Twitter. 
Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Chicago. The nation's third largest city is set to elect its first African-American woman as mayor. The two women facing a runoff today are Tony Preckwinkle and Lori Lightfoot. Preckwinkle is currently the Cook County Board President, and she's the first woman to hold that position. And Lightfoot is a lawyer who used to be head of a police oversight board. Recent polls show Lightfoot is in the lead. If she wins, she would also be Chicago's first openly gay mayor. So yeah, a threefer. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening to us tonight and be sure to hit subscribe and share the show with your friends. We'd also love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 